NFL Podcast. Back in Hollywood Park, baby. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's the Around the NFL Podcast. Dan Hans is here. We were here, and then we were gone, and now we're here again. And that's good. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. Let's do it, boys. Let's fly. We're going to be together three times a week. Four, I guess, if you count TNF recap. But that's it's all split up in the same room for, like, the next, I don't know, six months. Are you are you prepared for that emotionally? Or maybe the next six years, Mark Sessler. Uh, six do years that, is Mark. a tremendous stretch. I, I don't predict that um, for myself. But I will say that um, <laughs> I can tell that Greg is extremely enthusiastic about returning to um, – to our office because no, I do like no, podcasting no, no, I mean, together. Well, but within, you know, Dan and I witnessed this that within, you know, a 20 or 30 minute span, Greg was networking with roughly five to six people, just, you know, network desk, you know, confabbing, <laughs> uh, going was, through some talking points. So Greg's back in his element. Literally, there was one person, and that was to ask to approve my new computer request. Not accurate. <laughs> it's this is what it's like right now. I, I would say that. Greg's excited to be here. I have to be honest. I feel pretty happy to be here. Oh, this is for the two of you. This is I, I like it myself to some Mark's, degree. But Mark's this is, car is running in the parking garage it, right now. That's and we started 34 minutes late. So there, there always is a little bit of shame <laughs> that you feel like when you enjoy your job around Mark. It's like he's like, no, please don't. Like I, I think I've been a good sport. Have I not? I mean, you're always a good sport, Mark. Oh, that's well, that is not it. the that's case. True. I'm that's trying true. to be, you know, exemplary right now. Well, how you doing, by the way? Because I know on top of this controversy, uh, being back in the office. Uh, you had that tweet. I do not understand any adult who drinks milk, and you're getting big milks coming after you, as I understand. I'm getting killed, um, essentially, by like the nation of Norway and um, a big chunks of the Midwest, where it's it's now I'm now alerted to the fact that um, there are men in their 40s, 30s, and 40s who are drinking, uh, you know, systematically, habitually every night, large warm glasses of milk before they um, go off to sleep. I, I've been, you know, I. I threw out the first missile, so you've got to be prepared for what's right. coming back at you. It's not a conversation that I wanted to continue necessarily, but I opened the door, and I'm being right. told by many people that um, I'm being judgy, that if you're an adult and you like to fill your body with the, uh, you know, what's coming out of a cow's, right. a female cow's um, body parts, <laughs> and you want to put that into your body, you know. And This is the part where Mark talks about anything food-related, and it sounds like an alien in a human body trying to fit in with society. Well, it's it's like let's 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 quick. What can I put in my bloodstream? Like a tremendous amount of like bovine estrogen. Good idea. But I but you know what? To each their own. I, I should maybe I should not have tweeted it. Um, it went in in a direction I found unrewarding. You know what, Mark? It is 2021. This toxic masculinity that you're spewing. How about Wait, bovine not... estrogen is something that every man could use. That's uh, at this point. Of. I think uh, that's the new direction. This isn't He-Man anymore. We're not watching G.I. Joe. It's not 86 anymore, Sessler. It's 21. Adapt and adjust. Well, I feel like it was probably more acceptable back then, but um, but I will. <laughs> All right. Today's show. All right. So we got Mark. I don't know if we're going to have Mark in January, but we got him now. He's in the office with us. And today's show, it's a good one. You know, it's week, we're entering week three, and... A thought I had today was this is kind of the last call for certain bandwagons. Mm. If uh, certain um, aspects of a team, a player, a coach, a a story around the NFL has taken shape, 
through the first two weeks of the season. This is your last chance to really own it, be a part of it, be in support or be against it before you're just part of the crowd, before you're just some jabroni uh, on a talking head show uh, just recycling points that a producer gave you four minutes before you go on the air. I'm talking this is the real <laughs> stuff. This is get on the bandwagon before it leaves the area, and we're going to share our strong feelings, the bandwagons that we're on, and you can come or you can leave, but this is the last chance to do it. You know who I'm talking about. I'm not naming names. It's some people, you know. It's, it's whatever the easy take is. There's no real takes involved. There's no heart behind it. These are takes that you have. There's something in your heart is telling you this. I feel strongly about it, and I knew it before you did. No, there was, um, there's been uh, an eye-opening um, lessons for me in this business of how many people speak on TV that literally only watch while they're there on Sundays at most. <laughs> and some don't even do that. They just right. that, that's what they do now. I mean, there's there's you know they show up and they go. There's age-old stories of um, you know one or two Hall of Fame NFL players at our network, no longer Easy. at our network, who no, never needed to be network. shaken <laughs> from never a couch our, no. while in a deep sleep. Before, Only at the other know. one in Connecticut, never, or another LA office, never this one. Now, well, not according to my reports, but okay. Also, Thursday night football preview with the tiny box, uh, Panthers at. Texans. I mean, we got off to a hot start with primetime, but we're getting Lions Packers, which we'll talk about next, and then Panthers Texans uh, over the next two games. But maybe we'll get some fun out of that game and we'll preview it. But yes, before anything else, let's finish up week two with a Monday Night Football recap. Four man rush. Rodgers hits, catches him, throws a line fight down the middle. Caught in stride. Hashmark goal line touchdown. Robert Tunyon, the tight end, a 22-yard laser thrown by Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Aaron Rodgers is back. Maybe. <laughs> Kevin Harlan with the call. He's a pro's pro. Westwood won. Aaron Rodgers threw for 255 yards and four touchdowns. That after our first half, in which I believe he threw for about 85 yards and was outplayed by Jared Goff. But it's a four-quarter football game. They ate their orange slices at halftime. The Packers did and came out on fire. You know, my boys playing soccer now, and maybe this is a Northeast thing, but one of the best things about soccer when you were a boy or a girl is when halftime came, mom came out with a big giant bag of orange slices. Maybe it's a COVID thing, but the orange slices aren't around anymore at halftime here in Southern California, and it's on my radar. It's I, my child plays soccer too, and I, it's been the third year now, and there have not been orange slices pre-COVID. Where so are the orange slices? I, I don't know what happened. And the warm glasses of milk. Anyway, 35-17, Packers over Lions. Greg, mm. this was a game the Packers obviously needed after the week one disaster against the Saints. Do you feel better about them after this game? Yeah. Me too. Because that it could have kept going like the first half was going, which you just could not get a stop whatsoever. The Packers offense I was never worried about, but it is nice to just see them destroy a Lions secondary, which is so thin right now. You know, you lost the Cuda. Uh, I think Melifon with their rookie who had some moments, uh, got hurt during this game and is going to be out for a while too. And so Aaron Rodgers carved them up, and he did it in a – 
like beautiful way. The third and 12 throw to Devontae Adams right before that happened. Mm. Like Brian Greasy goes, it is a big down for the Detroit Lions. They're trying to get off the field. The first drive of the second half, third and 12. Could have had the ball up three. Felt like it was a game at that point. And Rodgers throws essentially the Manning to Manningham Super Bowl pass. Like that right. was as good a pass as you can ever have. And then the touchdown call we just heard was into like a mail slot over a guy's shoulder. He wasn't open at all. And you just felt like, okay, this is the Packers experience. You get a couple uh, turnovers and it's a, it's a walk. I mean, I don't feel too much different about him, but this is what they should do. Well, I think it laid out the way that 97% of people thought it would, knowing the Packers that we've known for Not a long you. time. Uh, no, I, I, the first half, to me, I mean, to your point, Dan, like the Packers had 67 yards passing. They looked out of sorts. I thought they were dull to watch. They were not pleasing to the eyes. And you start to get concerned about them. But then they came back, and their big players in the second half did what you'd expect. Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers looking totally pristine. That throw to Tanyan. Next Gen Stats notes that he never had more than 1.2 yards of separation from Alex Anzalone was on him. And that's how tight of a window Rodgers just put it in there. So he can still, he's still accurate. We don't need to panic and freak out. <laughs> I am not like, I, I still see the Packers <laughs> as a team because I think if you look on defense, we kind of, all we talk about is their offense half the time. I still see a 10 win team that's going to get punched in the face in January like they always do. But they're not, it's not a collapse scenario. And I'm not trying to be anti Packers. I just don't, there's some. Something about them I'd find a little bit off. Yeah, you said you tweeted out the Packers are a yawn. They'll win their share of games and get super whacked. People, people, people so ready to fawn over Aaron Rodgers and forget it all. I feel like you had one too where you said they were in deep trouble this game. Yeah, I, I think don't you had one, one or anymore. two. Did you have uh, one or two? I find, I, I find that this is a team that um, gets that agitates me on some level, and I it's not they have a wonderful fan base, so I'm trying to explore why it's it's my issue. It, well. It's the whole quarter, you know, Favre to Rodgers thing has always annoyed you that they had these two quarterbacks. It yeah, is yeah. that. I mean, any any um, fan of a team that struggled to find a quarterback, it, it is definitely on your radar that you go far to. Speaking of Favre, I mean that the uh, secondary ESPN telecast, which I think is off to a good start with Eli and Peyton, their kryptonite is the 2021 Brett Favre on a delay. I could not, I could not get through that. So last week uh, on the Manning cast, they were blessed with a, like a bunch of really good guests, and it and it lifted the show. And Favre, who I think was trying to, like, fix his satellite dish or something to get the his image correct. He has, like, the on. old 80s satellite dish that yeah. my father-in-law, Bob Bates, has at the old farm and just pointing up at Mars or whatever, and the, yeah. that's how you watch TV. Uh, you imagine Favre is not up with the times in terms you of You can facts. sort of see why he's faded into the woodwork to some degree um, and not, like, popped up as a broadcaster because he's, like, they're, like, say, what did, did you watch the first half? Any impressions? Yeah, I didn't see any of the first half. Well, the, great. Great to have you on. We'll break hey Brett, it down the you game. You know we're having you on for the Monday night football game, right? right? I don't even know if he knows where he is. But yeah, the Lions, <laughs> if you were if you were a Lions fan that fell asleep at halftime, um, I hope you're not listening to this right now and I hope you you've stayed <laughs> off weird the internet and any other, you know, sports related news platform because it was pretty special for a while there. And 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 Jared Goff, he almost had me. He almost had me. Where I was thinking I started to say to myself, oh, is Jared Goff gonna put together a big time season i've already said that i think he's gonna have a nice fantasy season but maybe this revenge narrative and he spoke at it spoke about it at length um with the monday night football team uh ahead of this game that it did it did drive him as you think it would but things just fell apart in the second half and i think it's the lines just are so talent deficient that this is going to be their story even if dan campbell has the team pointed in the right direction 
they're going to have these spurts of play, but then eventually get overwhelmed. So that's where the Lions are as a team is the Packers. And we're, we're going to talk about it more on Thursday, obviously. But this their week three Sunday night game against San Francisco is a great early measuring stick um, where the Packers are as an organization. But part of me is a little bummed. I was hoping this, like, long, greasy-haired, barely, like, plugged-in version of Aaron Rodgers in my mind was a real thing, and then he was just going to meander through a terrible season and then <laughs> go live in Hawaii for the rest of his life. But he kind of looked like Aaron Rodgers, and I know Packers fans are pumped about that. They're, they're working through things. Everyone is. It's week two. You know, they, they put Stokes, the rookie, out there uh, for 44 snaps. That changed their defense. He had a good game. We'll see if he has it when he's, you know, not covering the Lions wide receivers. Uh, their pass pro seems like they're still kind of working through some things. Aaron Rodgers took a few sacks, but it, it was okay for the most part. Like, they're playing Devondre Campbell, the former Falcon, basically every snap at inside linebacker. Like, the defensive problems I do not think have gone away. And I found it very interesting, Dan Campbell said after the game, that he kind of put it on the offense that we need to win shootouts was was basically what he said. I thought Anthony Lynn called a great game. If you look at what the Lions offense has done the last two weeks, it's been pretty tough to prepare for with a bunch of receivers that you have no idea who it is. You have a very good offensive line. I think they're going to throw a lot, but you basically got Jared Goff's like negative college scouting report in that second half. The whole tiny hands thing that everyone was fixated on, and then it gets raining and he can't hold on to the ball multiple times and he panics when he gets pressured. And then you kind of, you got the whole Jared Goff experience. You had the beautiful throws from the pocket and then you have the, oh, this is why Sean McVay done. Yeah, their, their second half drives where they went out on downs, a fumble, a punt, an interception, and downs. It's just like, you, they, it's, it's the classic bad team in a division who cannot go four full quarters with the Giants inside the division. One positive, though, because you are rebuilding, you need to hit on your draft picks. Panay Sewell played a good game. He had like, only two pressures on something like 39 they can't pass blocking him. snaps. No, I think they, they kind of stumbled into yeah. the uh, overt solution. Sometimes you need help uh, to do what seems obvious to others. But, uh, all right. Oh, before we move on, uh, in the lead-up to this game, Jamal Williams, now a Lions running back, formerly of the Packers, uh, had a, an entertaining little soundbite in his uh, meeting with the uh, media ahead of this game. I just wanted to play that for the audience and boys. Yeah, like I left on my own. Golly, I didn't do it. Shoot, I'm just, if I could have stayed, I could have stayed. If I, if I can't, they didn't want me like that ex-girlfriend. Shoot, I got to go. But, you know, Gladly I got a rebound. It was the Lions. They picked me up. You know what I mean? Now they feeding me good, taking me to dinners. <laughs> you know what I mean? Another man's treasure, another man's treasure. So, but I'm, nah, I'm just, I'm just having fun, man. I'm just, it's part of life. You know, you're going to have those type of rejections. You're going to get turned down. You're going to get, you know, people ain't going to want you. But when you get your shot, an opportunity again from somebody who will give you your shot, you know, you just got to take that opportunity, be grateful for it, and make it count. That's so true. There's actual – it's funny because I like the way he, he speaks and his his uh, viewpoint on his professional football life, but there was real wisdom there. I don't know if any – I don't know if you guys have ever been in a relationship and maybe you weren't the one that terminated it and you have to find a way to move on. It, he's talking football and he's mixing in the ex-girlfriend analogy. It's so true. Don't, you got to shake it off. Somebody else is going to feed you and take care of you down the line. Uh, just don't dwell on the past. I know that when I'm, you know, um, terminated from this place of employment and picked up by 
West Texas Sports South, I will I will have the same attitude and probably say much <laughs> of the same lines. Uh, that attitude and like his personality is one of the reasons I think they made him such a priority signing. He is like the ultimate Dan Campbell. Like he's gonna be good in the locker room. He's a culture builder. Like everyone loves Jamal Williams. His press conferences have been amazing uh, since he was a rookie, and he's back there starting. They're a pretty good running team. Like they're a good offensive line. They have some things. I just wish they didn't still have the Matt Patricia defense, which is, mm. I mean, I think the coaching will probably be better in the long run, but at this point, the production's not. They look like the worst defense in the league. Anyway, one, one little note, Aaron Jones with four touchdowns, but he is the first Packers back since 1942, a man by the name of Andy Aram to have three touchdown receptions in one game. And he'd played for his dad and he lost a necklace. His father passed away in April. His, he had a necklace with his father's yes. ashes in it. Lost the necklace, and then a lot they of found Aaron it. Jones nugs coming in. At the well, end they of this found weekend. it after the game, so that was you know, nice. It was a special night for him. That was good. Yeah, you put your dad's ashes in your necklace. You lose the necklace in the end zone. Luckily, recovered. It's it, he, it's a reminder it's too. It's it's not quite the last dance bulls like Rodgers and Adams put out there, but they do have Adams, Jones, and Rodgers here. You know, and Adams and Jones squarely in their primes, all making oh, good no. money. Like this is it. This, this is, is the time. If, if if Mark's prediction's true and they fall on their face, there's no way the season can be viewed as successful on any level. It's basically Super Bowl or a bust. And and Mark, if the, the new NFL network set up here, it doesn't do much for you. Just imagine what the West Texas Sports South newsroom looks like. Well, that facility will be, you know, a diamond, I, 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 no doubt. Basically a, a, a abandoned um, gymnasium, I would imagine would be that particular rebuilding project um all right so that's the game that's monday night that's week two and like i said a little bit later we'll start digging into week three with colleen wolf but first yes as we discussed two weeks in you're starting to see you know we're watching all these games and we're watching all these guys and all the off-season off-season narratives are gone by the wayside now there's time to to really assess where we're at and where the league's going in 2021, our league. So it's time to hop on the bandwagon and head out yonder. And that's what we're going to do right so now. So friendly talk goes on around the Carter campfire until with the setting of the sun over the darkening prairie vastness, there comes a request for music, music that erases the solitude of the plains. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes, let's hit the road over the prairie fields of America. And uh, I am giving you guys one last chance to get on the Derek Carr and Raiders bandwagon. This mm. is your last chance. Mark, I'm looking at you specifically because this is going to be potentially a fun season and one worth riding a bandwagon for the Raiders. you got the team of Thal up there. I, I used to think Denver was up there, but it's kind of right in the middle. That's in the prairies. Uh, there's some mountains there, of course, but we got some <laughs> prairie area up into the mountains. We'll probably pass by Denver. <laughs> it's a, it's a tough spot to go through. I it's, mean, that's where it's some, a little treacherous. some bandwagons don't make it out. We're gonna it's snowy, we're, it's hilly. We're going to lose the People twins. are by the side, you know, brothers kill each other for Donner for party scenario. <laughs> didn't didn't work out too yeah, well. Yeah, we're going to have to yeah, we're going to have to stop for a couple burials maybe there. But uh you know, you're the team of Thal. Um the uh, the team of Zeus TL is going to be the Raiders, I think, because we know what the offense can do. 
Although maybe we were selling him short a little bit because if, if Carr is better this year than he's been and he's playing at a higher level than he has in the past, which I think he is uh, in this offense he's so familiar with, well, perhaps, perhaps this idea of the Raiders being merely good on offense could be even better. But it's the defense that really has me excited because you have Derek Carr, quasi-badass, Ruggs, Waller, Renfro, Brian Edwards. I like all that. But we might have something here with Gus Bradley's day. And um, Max Crosby, per next-gen stats, leads the NFL through two weeks with 15 pressures. Yannick Ngakwe, right behind him. He's got 11 pressures. So they have something cooking up front if they can stay healthy. Uh, and they have an identity on defense for the first time. So you put it all together, and when we're trying to figure out this wild-card playoff setup, because I don't think they're going to take down the Chiefs in the West, but a team that could win 10 games and be a tough out if they get there, Hop on the Raiders mm. bandwagon and take a ride with the new old blue eyes. I mean, that, that might be selling them short, 10 wins. You know, they, they would go 8-7 and seven the rest of the way. if uh, That's if true. I didn't even look at it that way. All right, let's, let's lock them in for 11-6. and six. <laughs> uh, The defense is, is where I would start there, too, because that's what I've tried to say on this podcast for a few years. Like, if their defense was just average, I think their offense has been better than average the last few years. And, yes, Derek Carr is playing at a higher level the last you know six quarters after that tough start in Baltimore than almost I've ever seen him uh, than any quarterback in the league in week two. But the defense, again, just be average. And and then I think Gruden's vision comes in handy. The, the focus is on the front line, and you're right, Max Crosby looks like he's making the leap. He's had his substance abuse um, battle that he's talked about along with Darren Waller, and I, I don't know if it's just that he's healthier this year, but he looks like he could be an all-pro type player. I mean, he's which in is, his prime, too. I mean, this But he is didn't play nearly year. as – rookie year, really impressive. Couldn't stop the run. Was a great pass rusher. You're just like, wow, this guy is great. Last year was a little bit of a mess out of him. Was kind of an unreliable player. Had a couple moments, but was he was more of a negative. And now he looks, like, amazing. Uh, and then – but I would point out the back end, too, where some of Mayock's draft picks – and pickups, if we're going to kill him for a lot of the mistakes, Trayvon Mullen in this system looks good. Hobbs, who won the slot corner job, I think is a rookie um, uh, or is a surprising player. And then more importantly is Casey Hayward, the former Charger Packer who's had a terrific career coming off a bad year. He looks like a number one corner. And suddenly you is have it, the makings of an average. I mean, average. It's only two games, but I you have the makings say, of an average. But defense. this is when we need to make the decision – to, with the bandwagon, is it just me? And I'd, lo I'd be curious what his PFF score is, not that that is objective. But uh, it seemed like even Jonathan Abram was all over the place uh, this past week making some plays. So this team is going in the right direction. Are you getting on, the, are you getting on with us, Mark? On. One of my um, – I don't know if I'm totally on. Uh, yeah, well, well, this is, is the time. It's either yes or no. I That's guess all. not totally. Then no. Then no. And okay. it's, for me, it's just because I think that you – like, Dan, something about – the Las Vegas Raiders really appeals to you. Um, the vibe of it, the whole thing. I, I feel like you've made this um, pitch for the Raiders as the team of Hansus before. I probably multiple times. Have yes, but multiple this times. is different. You have something for them. I like. It's, <laughs> I think it's fallen on deaf ears before because I had you know get on the bandwagon for the Raiders' inevitable collapse because I still oh, want to see. Wow. That, well, that's happened two Mark years in a row. Mark taking it in a different direction. Oh, it's happened Tesla. two years in a row, and you can tie it mostly to the defense. And at the oh, defense, it, no, but the defense is improved. 
improved, then maybe it doesn't happen this year. So I certainly right. have ears for what you're saying. Let me I push back on that. Wait, so though, your right. bandwagon is you're getting, you're taking <laughs> over his bandwagon, and then you're driving I, it into I, a I, I was saying that was one of the, I came up with like 14 of them. It was one I maybe Whoa. would throw out. It was low let on me the just, list. Let me so. just frame it, though, because September 1st, that's a great, that's a great one to throw out there. Oh, yeah, get ready for the inevitable collapse. But I'm basing this on what has happened so far this season, that the defense is different than those years. That's why I think they're different. You're saying none of, nothing I, matters. I'm projecting what will happen. That's right. how this works. I'm, t I'm looking into the but future. But are you but factoring in what's actually happened so far this season or just something I, I that, am, because I, yeah. I would say this, that the version of Derek Carr, if he played that way in 15, 14 of their games, then they're a playoff team that will win a playoff game. So, I mean, I like I... I I think also your year in year four of Jay Gru of John Gruden, we need to see results. You know, other coaches don't get four years to round the thing into shape, but he's, I think he's a good, he's still a good offensive play caller and it, it's looking like his vision is coming together. So I'm not anti-Raiders. Great, great kicker. I also yeah. don't think Derek Carr is playing over his head right now. This feels like he's capable of carrying this through a season. I think their weapons are starting to grow up but around But I'm leaving with that, you guys. Just know that you had you the are. chance. I, well, I, I do agree with you. I think this division's just so good that... Is it because the Broncos are the team of Thal, it wouldn't be right to get on a Raiders uh, bandwagon because they bit. essentially and, and would and take the, your wild card spot. The Chargers are there, too. I mean, there's <laughs> this division is great. And do you think that the two of you would get along on, like, an 18-month prairie ride across the Actually, United States? Yeah, and like be fine. We'd all be right. Good. We flew to London together, sitting next to each other. We survived that. That's like that. 12 hours, 14 hours. I, I mean, know. That's quite different. Know. Anyway, Greg, go ahead. You get dysentery, <laughs> it's going to be ugly. Well, <laughs> part of the reason I'm hesitant about the Raiders is um, I'm feeling more about these, this Chargers team. I don't feel like I can talk Broncos now. I've, I've talked Broncos enough. Cause so, so, look, I love this Broncos team. I think I said their ceiling is a 12-13 win team, and nothing in the first two weeks has changed my mind on that. Fourth in DVOA through two weeks. Twelve or thirteen. They they could be like a, a very good offensive team and a great defensive team. We'll see. Wow. But the bandwagon I'm driving here today is for Derwin James. And it's for the Chargers overall, but it's especially for Derwin James having the comeback player of the year season, having maybe a defensive player of the year type of season. I just get the feel of how Brandon Staley is using Derwin James through two weeks is so encouraging and he's flying around doing so many different things right away that I'm just getting a great Jalen Ramsey in LA is Derwin James in LA for Brandon Staley type of vibe. And, and with Herbert being as exciting as he is, I know they're coming off of a bad game. Like I think this team is extremely dangerous. And for some reason I was hesitant to totally get behind it. And again, I'm kind of playing the hits here mm -hmm. with the Chargers. But the, it makes sense when you look at this coaching staff and you look at the skill set that Herbert has and the way they're putting Mike Williams into position as like a true sort of X receiver, maxing out his talent. Eckler, I just see it all. There's still sloppiness. They've had a lot of bad... Bad finishes to drive through two weeks, but that's the type of thing I think you can figure out through the course of the season. And I think with Bosa and James, two possible defensive player of the year candidates on the same team, watch out. So 
Get on the bandwagon, the Chargers bandwagon. The whole division's a bandwagon. Well, yeah, I can't, you can't you can't double up the bandwagon in the division. That that feels impossible. Why but not? I we like, have three right you, now. You can't you can't love. Every, you can't be on every bandwagon. I I guess if those you, you, you got to pick a bandwagon. Those would be my two biggest ones in the whole league, though. And if they both win eleven games, you I can't think, Marty McFly it right. in Back to the Future three. If, if they both go eleven and six, then wasn't I right to be driving both bandwagons? Okay, all right now. Do you Those are you at all? Are, be good. are you all at all spooked that the Chargers still did a Chargers thing this weekend? They opened up their building with fans, twelve penalties for ninety nine yards, two touchdowns called back on penalties. Find a way to blow the game to a Cowboys team uh, that was trying to essentially hand you the game, but somehow kicks the fifty six yarders because in that situation the Chargers end up losing. Like, are we at all worried that? And I know Brandon Staley's a god and all this, but like, are we at all worried that it's still the Chargers at the end of the day? I am not. I am not. And I, you know, it's dismiss. You can dismiss the Brandon Staley. As I'm a not god dismissing thing. him, but it's like, all right, I, I understand. Well, but the same thing happened that would happen to the Chargers last year. That's on fine. I mean, it's a new offense. It's a new defense. You know, if we say the Packers need time to figure themselves out in essentially the same offense they've run forever, like, I mean, give me a break. That that wouldn't be the case with the Chargers. I mean, they lost to. A Cowboys team that I think is explosive. Um, I, I come totally with Greg on the Derwin James thing. I think it was our network show that I mentioned, and it was kind of like saying he'll have his best season. Yeah, well, how can he? Because he was already, you know, all these other things before he was hurt. But you can see it, and he's that kind of player. And you pair him with Bosa, and you've got what I do think is a good coach, and you've got a like a transcendent quarterback. That There, there isn't really much of a more simple recipe for success. And, I mean, Keenan Allen, like, give me a break. I feel like the guy, because he's on the Chargers, gets ignored left and right. If he were on the Dallas Cowboys, we'd be talking about him nonstop. I mean, they've got a ton of players, and I see them winning 11 or 12 games. To to Dan's point, though, they've kind of charged two weeks in a row. They dominated the – Washington and made a lot of – they couldn't finish drives in that game and had a couple bad breaks, but – they probably should have won that game by 17. And throughout that, the fourth quarter of that game, you're good. Like, oh, they're charger in again. So there is something in the DNA here. But that's what the band. Also, they can't all a, win 11 a, or 12 in this division. It's a long journey. <laughs> it's a long journey. And to me, they're going to solve things. Uh, you're right. Because the Chargers, for instance, like that loss hurts. The next three weeks play the Chiefs or four weeks, the Raiders, the Browns, the Ravens, the Patriots. I mean, they go, oh my God! Well, and, and ultimately, that I guess that's what also I'm getting at. The team you got to figure out a, win, a way to win that game at home in that spot. But Literally. they got a lot of talent. And I thought this is an interesting comment from Staley after the game because Herbert threw two interceptions in the game, also made a bunch of big throws. He is a savage in the pocket. And Staley, after the game, was asked about his quarterback. He said Justin Herbert was out, outstanding. He was the best player on the field. A lot of good players were on that field Mm. at SoFi on Sunday. All right, Mark, you're up. I will pick a team that I have never. Last spring and came back for the children and me in July. You'll find things very different out here. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong. A little prairie talk. There's something something wrong with that woman. Play the the beginning of that again, Ricky. Tell me if there's. My husband filed his claim last spring and came back for the children and me in July. You'll find things very different out here. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, the pause and then the. <laughs> yeah. Where is this pulled from? It feels like gun smoke <laughs> or something. <laughs> Somewhere. Anyway, we're back on the prairie with Sessler. <laughs> 
Well, this is a this is this is maybe um, a team located in a place that we might cross at some point as we as we go west along the uh, across over the United States. Um, <laughs> Arizona, the Cardinals, a team that I have not been interested in in a long, long time. I didn't care about the Cliff Kingsbury thing too much. Um, I was never into the Arians Cardinals the way that uh, Wes was. That was a Wes venture. And I know in our podcast, like when one person like locks into something, you kind of just got to just separate from it because it's too hard to have like dueling uh, love affairs with some of these entities. But the Cardinals to me over two weeks. I love those Cardinals. What? I love those Cardinals. They were fine. I just never, I was never the lead guy on that. I just was like, fine. You felt left out? You felt left out of them. Wes loves them. There's too much enthusiasm. One of my favorite NFL media assignments was covering the all or nothing premiere. Um, I think the 2016 or 15 Cardinals. And it was down at LA Live, and I brought Jay Zumwalt with me. We went down there, and just hanging out in this green room with that team was so cool. Because Arians was belly up at the bar drinking cocktails. You had uh, a young Honey Badger coming off a rookie season, just like lighting up the room. Uh, you had Carson Wentz at the other side of the bar drinking Bud Heavies. I'll never forget that. And just kind of Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer, excuse, excuse me. And just ha- exuding this like certain type of energy i'll put it that way a large something energy and um i'll just never forget that room uh it was just such a fun fun day so i like those cardinals Wait, too, so you I'm were saying. in their grips as well so i mean there was just no oxygen in the room for me to be like you know with my pom-poms about the, the i mean i like them fine okay but this cardinals team i think on sunday honestly on sundays this is an, a tr- an honest comment I am looking for thing, new things to lift my enjoyment of the sport. I oh, am good. seeking that. And uh, I too. found it with the Cardinals on Sunday. <laughs> that Vikings game, sure, they could have lost that game. But there's something about this team that is just absolutely magnificent to watch. Um, it starts for me with, like, Rondale Moore, who I think leads all rookies in receiving right now and is the electric, perfect player. electric dance partner for Kyler Murray, who every game we know is going to do five or six things that immediately like light up the highlight reels for seven years. Um, I think they're better on defense than I expected. The parts they've added have been successful. We haven't seen so far. You know, last year I thought Cliff Kingsbury did a really nice job marching the team from like 20 to 20, the 20s. And then you get into the red zone and disaster would strike. And then Kyler Murray got hurt. That's the one thing you'd have to be worried about because they were a totally different team at that point. But if they stay healthy and if he stays healthy, I think this team, and again, they're in a division where not everyone can win 11 games in that division too. But this is a freaky, sneaky type of wild card team. Freaky it's something very strange. And I am on board. And I think this is the time to get okay. on because they're the most fun team to watch right now. Power rankings history, by the way, and you can watch a power ranking show with me and Matt Money Smith every Tuesday on NFL Network. All four NFC West teams in the top ten, and I had the Cardinals. Wait, you went back and checked all of the Elliott Harrison archives? I dug through everything, not just our site, not the history of power ranks at NFL.com. Anyone's power rankings. PFT, they've never done it. PFT, CBS, uh, Reuters, uh, the AP. I just went through all of it. It's amazing. It's a tremendous that, amount it's of research. never happened. It took me 48 straight hours. This is c- Couldn't this be the first division ever to put four teams into the playoffs? Is That'd it, be a fun some of the help, I guess you, that can happen now? Oh, because sure, there's yeah. the extra playoff spot. And not likely, but it's, if, it can. Right. It's not likely. Although there was a moment last year where they were sort of in position for it. But if you were to create a schedule out of division for it to happen in the year 2021, the schedule you would create would be we want to play the NFC North, 
get the Lions, the Vikings, and the Bears, mm-hmm. and Packers, too. And then you go the AFC South route. Oh, yeah. You get the you know the Titans, the Jaguars, that whole mess. Feast. That is what the NFC West has out of division. So there is an opportunity for all four of these to teams win ten to beat up on in those out of division games. If you can go seven and one, then you split your division game. They all win eleven in the red. But both of these Western divisions, <laughs> it's like you're gonna you're also gonna be like facing be each tough. other, right? And it, that's gonna then you have to sort of count. even out. Like right. some someone couldn't someone everyone has to win their division, you know, win some home division games, get near 500. I'm 100% like in on Kyler being for real and carrying, if he can stay healthy um, with that giant helmet and the little body tick, 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 running around the field, as long as he doesn't get dinged and, and bang up that shoulder again or something else happens to him and knock on glass that it doesn't happen, I think he's going to have a monster year. And I, I see the same thing you see, uh, Mark, that they finally have now found uh, it took them a year, but they found a true number two compliment now to New Hopkins. In, uh, well, no one wants to say it, but replacing Fitzgerald with Rondale Moore is like right. That's a, a massive huge upgrade. upgrade. So I'm I'm on this bandwagon with you, buddy. We're riding together yeah, on let's the. Go. Let's go. Right. This is this is th- we're gonna have some. It's oxygen. not gonna be like an eight seventeen fifties uh, automobile, by the way, a cart or whatever it is. We're gonna have a lot of um, add-ons inside this. But vehicle. I still I still think the other bandwagons in the division are a little ahead of them. But I like them a lot. That's all. Well, they're behind us, which means when we pull out our bow and arrow, we're firing at them. They can't see us. And it's just like that piece of cloth that has the opening in the back. And right. then you're taking cloth opening. Oh, sorry, Kyle Shanahan. You're down with an arrow in your shoulder. Right in your shoulder. And it hoits. All right. Let's go around quick one more time before we get to uh, Thursday Night Football. Paul, maybe Brother Hanson here would like to hear some music. Yes, ma'am. We need music out here. Music to ward off loneliness. Music to sustain the high courage needed by dauntless pioneers in their conquest of the plains. Listen to that. The internet of the old times of Ireland. (laughs) Yes, we're going to ward off the loneliness. Because all of us Jameis Winston deniers, we're on the bandwagon. This is your last chance. Join us. Realize that he tried to suck you in week one. You got excited. And then he was a nightmare. Another bandwagon of hate. He was a <laughs> ne- This is not a hate. This is not hate. This is just reality. He was a nightmare against the Panthers. And I understand the Panthers might have a way better defense than uh, we thought. Um, but those interceptions were straight out of the Jameis Winston greatest hits catalog of the past. And uh, I am not, you know, celebrating the demise of the Saints by any stretch. They've had a very tough year, uh, both with the personnel and with the hurricane and everything else. And there's a fire at the Superdome today. Like, what is going on? Who, you know, where are the black cats? Like, going under ladders? What is going on with the Saints? But um, this is your chance now to be like, oh, no, I actually, Winston is who we thought he was. Let's head on out of here and let the other people, like the uh, LASIK uh, supporters of Jameis Winston... (laughs) Uh, you know, go up in flames. Well, that's you're talking about me because I've been a proponent well, not of that just concept you. for. But the whole, the you know, the all the LASIK people got very quiet on social media this week. Uh, you know, we talked about the billboard, the LASIK billboard for Jameis Winston. I had, I had said hit the brakes on that campaign and wait for Sunday. That was smart because that would have taken out that entire business. Um, so hopefully, there's no more billboards for Jameis out there. 
LASIK related. This is your chance. Greg, I'm really talking to you because I know you have a soft spot in your heart. Uh, hop on the you're, bandwagon. Wait, you're taking the West role here to sl slam on uh, Winston. Oh, by the way, yeah, Mariota, by the way, on IR again. There's a surprise. Just Who is? Mariota. That one run? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, Marcus. All right, but anyway, what a draft class. But uh, hop on with me, and it's not something. We're not stomping on the grave of your beloved Tulane wave, green wave. Green wave. Or uh, New Orleans or Louisiana or anything else. It's just let's move on. We don't believe. No, I'm not going on that bandwagon. <laughs> I mean, if any other quarterback in the league was throwing to this collection of players, the excuses that we would trot out would be incredible. Oh, wait a second, though. I'm Again, look at those interceptions. It, yes, okay, maybe they, were, they weren't open, okay, but that well, was Look at that man. game. Okay. That, that, was, that game was over by the time he started turning the ball over like that anyways. One of them was an arm punt, uh, third and long, midfield, I, he I'm didn't not, know it was. No, James he, was trying to no, throw a he was trying to make a play, but I think <laughs> there's like a calculated thing there. It was like it's third and long at midfield, roughly. You could have said, "Oh, they're in field goal range for 57 yards." Shut up. Uh, I like the idea of like anytime the offensive line was James terrible. Winston just say they, arm punt. It was like now, Greg. It was second and two. Arm no, punt. It was, it was third and long, <laughs> but it was like a long field goal. So that's it's a question. I'm a defense. loser. I am. I. <laughs> Couldn't believe how bad the offensive line was. And I think that's where you might be missing Drew Brees. I mean, mm. the offensive line was dominated in that game. It was very confusing. But so much of it were miscommunications and protection where free rushers were coming. And then it gets a little shaky where, okay, they're missing their center, McCoy, and they're missing Drew Brees to set the protections. So those are the two guys. And – like Carolina eight. So I, I don't know if that's on Winston or who that's on, but if he gets that kind of pass rush against him with those receivers, forget it. What I mean, I love little Jordan Humphrey. He had one catch and was the leading receiver. But 27 yards, I believe it was. But it's like he's still like, well, I don't want to slam on little Jordan Humphrey. But I'm a loser. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. He, they need to Six con foot four. convert him to tight end. Him coming out of your break, you do not need him as a starting receiver right now you need michael thomas is what you need yeah you need michael. i'm not jumping on the bandwagon just because it's it feels like a, like we a gone. kind of a bad energy ride I, it's like i'm rooting for him to continue to not succeed i don't know no it's just that he won't succeed so give up the ghost i, I like i can't think of, i can't think of a team in years that from week one to week two where it's a total personality flip yeah. so Pick i kind of want to see another week of Winston before But then it's I, too late. I know, but that's why I, I, I am, I'm going. allowing going myself to not need this bandwagon. It leaves without but me. You, all right, but as long as you're not the one destroying Jameis Winston a few week, weeks from now because you waited too long, the bandwagon's gone. But that, that, the ramifications of this game keep changing. I, I mean, we, you know. <laughs> all right, Greg. I, I feel stupid because before my, my bandwagon was really uh, about Derwin James, and then I started, like, rambling and whatnot. So right. I just wanted that to be clear. I like this Chargers team, right. but it was Derwin James kind of having a special okay. defensive player of the year season. This one is more of about an individual, too, and I know this bandwagon's quite crowded, and Mark's uh, been driving it, but, man, I love me some Kevin Stefanski lately. That <laughs> that team is so well coached. You know, if you had said, like, you got no Odell Beckham, you got no Jarvis Landry— you got Felton playing three snaps as somehow your leading receiver. Uh, you got all of the different tight ends, Bryant, Harrison, Bryant. Like, I just love the the way that they 
attack opponents, how it changes each week, how they're cohesive, the decisions that he makes. I like the little smirk he makes when David Cully uh, makes a really boneheaded punt instead of you know accepting a penalty. And Stefanski's like, yeah, that would never happen in my Cleveland thing. <laughs> it took me a little longer to warm up to, but I'm just thinking, like, is this going to be a top five offense no matter What's going on? Because I'm giving a lot of the credit to the coaching. I am. Sorry, Baker, but I'm giving a lot of credit to what's going on in the running backs. And it's just a fun – I like good football. And it's just a fun, cohesive offense to, to watch. And so I'm just – I'm just I'm jo- I'm late on this bandwagon, but I'm in on this. I, I will allow you on, Greg, because that was an incredible soliloquy that um, <laughs> was music to my ears. I mean, you just have to go back through the years. They had – Music does you know, soothe the soul. It soothed the soul. Yeah. I mean, you can have that man with the Like coach violin. of the year type stuff. Did he get it last year? He did. He oh, did. shoot. Well, he's yeah, not going to win. I think, that I think I, he missed the bandwagon on no, this No, he one. did, but I think that was more about the, the Browns so. like I, becoming a better team. But yeah, I, they have had such a laundry list over decades of hideous game day managers at coach. I mean, guys that just could not coach themselves. They, they're very good at getting you into problems with no concept how to get out. Stefanski, I thought, in that game, it got a little rough at one point, And he, I thought he's appropriately aggressive, but he also brought them back to their roots, which is what they are in the second half, and just ran the ball down Houston's, right through Houston's defense. And every week, they look a little bit different. They're fluid. They're flexible. And I think if I saw Stefanski, it's like one of the few people. I mean, who is making you starstruck at this point? I could list like five or six people. I would not know what to say if I saw him because I do think, to me, he's moving higher into higher echelons of fandom for me because (laughs) of who he is on a game day. Uh, week after week, he, as Greg described, I think right. he's a I, huge asset. You've them. sort of, I mean, I just made like a cardinal sin is never talk about the Browns or Jets uh, on my own because it's like we're going to have that overly covered mm-hmm. anyways. Right. And, uh, but I think it was oh, like yeah. I've waited with Stefanski and a little bit Baker. And I know it's only two games, but I I did just want to see, OK, how do they come out in year two? That was incredible. Year one. And somehow I'm. I'm more impressed. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the injuries and the variety and the different people they're using. Like they're not even getting anything out of People's Jones, and I just think they're 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 a beautiful operation to watch. How about you, Mark? I have. Uh, I was going to mention Demetric Felton, but I will not because it's been mentioned. Um, I was going to also say that you want to stay on that bandwagon, uh, remaining vigilant for what's going to happen this year. Uh, the big news item involving a cheerleader. That was my sandwich prop. Um, just to keep an eye on that, but that I'm not saying that you need to get on that bandwagon. But wait, the, the bandwagon that something bad is going to happen to a cheerleader? Just to that, stay vigilant. Yeah, I didn't. It well, wasn't I bad. I'm not yeah. on that bandwagon. Well, it was just no, that she's going to make it, news. It, it, it she or that's he. true. It could have necessarily been. Po- it, we don't know if it was like she was going to be on like a Dateline episode or something. I just didn't feel good about it. So yeah, I, I'm just saying it was one of the. Well, things he never I had specified um, the gender because you know the the Rams have a ton of male cheerleaders. Other oh yeah, the ones exactly right. The guys that throw the girls. Right, guys. but see, when you assume that it's a female cheerleader, you need no, to check I yourself. Know, I know door. you, Mark. Check your privilege. I know yeah. you, Mark, and you're referring to a female cheerleader. All right. Well, so <laughs> where I really am going to go with this instead is um, what I am, and I, this is this is something Monster. I just learned in the last uh, couple of days here. What I think is maybe a brewing annoyance on the part of Big Ben with new play caller Matt Canada. He has already <laughs> resorted um, to the very weather-worn blow-off line that players give when they were asking about the offense just crumbling against this look bad against the Raiders he basically just you know over and over you'll have to ask coach Canada that I love when, Ooh, player, when players start saying that you know you've got issues what, and th- didn't they make this guy the coordinator because 
Ben was bad mouthing the that guy before, that, and he liked well, Canada. That, like I think with Russell Wilson, you can think like they're going to work together well all year long because Russell Wilson seems amiable. I don't know what water that holds with Big Ben, but hold on, one little other thing before we we take okay. it. because I just want to know like with the um, what we're the segment we're doing here, and I'm all for slinging arrows at teams you and players you don't like. Right. But what bandwagon are we talking this about? This is the band, the Big Ben's brewing annoyance <laughs> with Matt Canada bandwagon. I thought I was struggling with uh, the concept here. This All right. Well, I, I had a bunch of positive. I gave you a nice little thing about the Cardinals. Big Ben's brewing annoyance <laughs> with the offensive coordinator Mark, bandwagon. Let Mark, me add this. Mark, second, I capitulated <laughs> and gave you a little nice one about the Cardinals. Now this, let's this get the second knives. point. After he kept saying, "You'll have to ask Coach Canada that." He turned around and said, we've got some really good football players that you want to get on the football field. <laughs> so if you don't have them out there, they're sitting on the bench doing nothing. Well, you also Ooh, have the James Washington. Who is he even talking about? Well, I don't about? know. Certain packages when people weren't out there. But big. But for him to say that By the way, you also is the opposite of what's happening on functional teams. You have some Big Ben bingo cooking here because now we, there's the report um, confirmed by the team that he has pectoral injury. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that will not come up again if the uh, offense continues to struggle. I, I love the drama because he also kept trying to say, like during the press conference, right after the game at least, that that he needed to improve. And the local reporter, or uh, Mark Caboli, uh, who was uh, always a Sheck guest uh, for The Athletic, thought that it was almost in direct response to something Chris Carter said, which I guess got attention, that Ben always makes excuses and complains and brings attention to himself. So Ben, like a sort of like a child, uh, the next press conference just goes every answer he said, well, that I have to do better. Like a child. Just like, like in a response, like he, he was like subtly, passive aggressively going back at Carter by just like petulantly saying <laughs> this. It was amazing. <laughs> what was that, Ben? Uh, I, I, you know, I think what you're dancing around, though, ultimately, Mark, and maybe it will be more clear within the segments uh, constraints here is the AFC North is moving on without the Steelers bandwagon. Why don't you just throw it out there? Because I know that's, that's what true. you really mean. I, I can't say that yet because I still always feel like it's Tom your own Lynn. bandwagon. Tomlin, fi well, That's this is more Big Ben's and brewing annoyance with Matt Canada. It's not mean I'm saying they're going to win five games, but the offense, I think, has the the offensive line, which was a mystery coming in, um, feels uh, ill prepared. We'll we'll talk more about the Steelers on Thursday, but I I think I think we're on the same page. I think you're dancing a little bit around your own bandwagon here, but I think I know where you're going. Um, all right. Well, I can do that around my bandwagon. I can park it in the middle you of the field. You do whatever you want. Let's hear that woman again. You know, I just, that, that lady. Before we move on, she's kind of Colleen. Yes, my husband filed his claim last spring and came back for the children and me in July. You'll find things very different out here. Yes. Yes. Like she, is, she on, is she medicated? She sounds this is like very... The, um, what, the... Uh, very 1600s? Like under People the, talk sort of differently. Like a, 1800s? Like stylistic ways of speaking have yes. changed. Yes. Like a drug-induced Scientology scenario. But the other woman, very stern. You, I like that. You'll find things different out here. I like that. I like her style. All right, let's pause here for a word from our sponsors. All right, we're back. All right. Before we, uh, <laughs> before we go, let's start looking towards week three with a little Thursday Night Football preview. And to do that, we welcome a great friend. There's a wolf. There's a wolf. Bam. 
there she is. And she'll blow your house down. The tiny box. Connie Fox. Some call her Colleen Wolf. Welcome back. How you like our studio? Hey. Bunch of fancy. Yeah, what are you guys in the, in the studio, you suckers? Well, you're, 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 you're in a huge box right now. <laughs> this is no longer tiny. Tiny box and a big box. Yep. Hey. Yep. That's your new name. Huge box. All right. Listen, Colleen. <laughs> let's get I don't in, like that one. Let's get into Thursday no night I. football. And everyone should know by now that Colleen is the host of Thursday Night Football on NFL Network. And I was a little upset about Young and Sweaty. And you didn't have a chance to get them up on the uh, platform last week. Washington's defense didn't really play a starring role, but we get another shot now here with Carolina Panthers at Houston Texans. Um, this is a game that will be interesting, of course, with uh, a third string rookie quarterback starting for the Houston Texans and the Panthers who have become a story here in the NFL. How do you feel about what you've seen so far? Well, I was just wondering, like, do you have a young and sweaty uh, style nickname for anyone on this team? Is there anything I need to work towards to make up for from last mm. week? Let me get back you to you on any, that like, one. Okay. Uh, maybe okay. Ma Matt Rules. I mean, he's he's the guy. Rules, Darnold. We got some things to work with here. CMC. General okay. Mills. You All can right. call him General Mills when Davis Mills, you know, is on the podium Ooh. with you. That's pretty good. All right. That's, that's awesome. Like that one. Uh, Davis Mills, I have a feeling uh, in these games on Thursday night, we've had some games in the past where there's a relatively unknown quarterback starting, whether it's because of injury or or whatever. Uh, so we've seen it with Nick Mullins before where mm -hmm. we've had him on the podium. I was thinking of the Nick Mullins, uh, uh, yeah, Nick Mullins game. Heineke. Right, exactly. So I could see this happening. Exactly. Taylor Heineke. Uh, it's not like it hasn't been done before. So Davis Mills, that's who I'm watching for. And he's he's in a really unenviable position because this is his first start. It's on a short week. So he has condensed timing here to prep. Um, so he's lucky that it's not an away game because then that would be an uh, even shorter amount of time for him. But it's not like he has a very strong set of skill position players to help him out either. Like Taylor Heineke was in a spot where they have some guys like Terry McLaurin that could get him out of a jam. And they also have a running game there with Antonio Gibson. This is a little bit of a different story. So, uh, and, and not to mention, he is a little bit different than Tyrod Taylor and the fact that he's more of a pocket passer. He doesn't have that mobility. So a lot of things are different. And then this Panthers defense, which has done a really good job uh, this far in the season, they've allowed the fewest yards per game in the NFL through these first two games mm. and by a lot, like 44 yards per game fewer than the number two ranked Bills. So they were really good against the Saints, had two picks. So Jameis Winston looking more like Jameis Winston of old. They sacked Jameis Winston four times, but this front seven looks legit. I mean, it's it's. They're the top defense in yardage, both run, pass, and total. They they lead the league in points allowed. Uh, Phil Snow, who really didn't have a lot of pro experience, has coordinated that defense so well. And I just love what's happening because you're looking at guys like Shaq Thompson, who were on the team already, playing their best football. And it's guys like Brian Burns who continue to develop under this coaching staff. 
and I just like to say, let it snow. Phil Snow and this defense mm. are going to put it on. I don't think you're going to be seeing Davis Mills up on the podium. Now, you never know. I mean, things are weird on these games. You're right about that. It's in Houston. I don't know if that's a huge benefit or <laughs> not. writing it down. But Let's I'm telling you Let it snow. This Panthers snow team. Yeah, let Ooh, it snow. That's good. That's good. Informer. We'll just call him <laughs> that's informer. Good. That's good. I, I like I, that I'm just doing all of my prep live on the show with you guys. That's good. Keep it coming. These are great ideas, gang. This is, we just did a segment about jumping on bandwagons, and I didn't want to talk too much Panthers because we were going to do it right now, but I can think of no more sturdy bandwagon to jump on than the Carolina Panthers. They are a playoff team. They've got a coach that, Car that Colleen and I met in person. I've been through that story a thousand times, <laughs> immediately a fan. And I just, I love the direction of the entire offense well, defense everything they might have a kicker issue that's I'm a the one little area bit I'm a little bummed i can't believe the panthers didn't come up in the last segment because they're a great they are a great they are example. Your bandwagon mark they're a great example because you look at their schedule what they've done so far and who they have on thursday and there is a chance that maybe this isn't they aren't for real uh when things tighten up but this is your chance if you believe what you've seen so far this is the chance to say the panthers are legit and you're rolling through the prairie land yeah, and we've talked about, me and uh, Sessler mentioned that uh, we met Matt Rule. I actually covered Matt Rule when I was back in Philly, Temple. and he was the head coach at Temple. So this this team, it's it's looking a lot better, even in that secondary. I feel like the secondary of the Panthers has improved, too, because we've talked a lot about the front seven looking really legit with Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick and Morgan Fox. Uh, Morgan Fox, who eight quarterback pressures uh, last week, a half a sack. So they can do so many things up front. They can really switch it up. They're really dynamic. They're so fast. But the secondary, too, uh, they should have a pretty uh, decent time limiting the Texans receivers because you're not really going to have a threat of, uh, I think, the deep ball from Davis Mills. A.J. Bouye will be arm. back from Davis suspension. Mills has got a cannon. If nothing else, Davis Mills might okay. uncork a couple. Brandon Cooks? I don't know. Hey, maybe you're right. That's that's actually a good point. So maybe the Panthers secondary will get exposed by Davis Mills. That's something to watch <laughs> Listen, for. Weird things happen on Thursday night. And, you know, Connie, Matt, Matt Rule had my heart when we met him at the owners meetings. And I asked him, do you like the Hamptons or the Jersey Shore? And you know where he went. Now, Connie's more of a uh, southern tip uh, exit three type girl. Garden State, the Wildwood yeah. region. I'm more <laughs> seven the S Garden S, State. Yeah, I, I I'm more the uh, Belmar Point Pleasant, um, Seaside Heights. Is that like Wall Township? Wall Township. Uh, Devin Keith live in Spring Lake. I like that area. Of uh, mm -hmm. but if he's Jersey Shore over the Hamptons, you know he's good people. Mm. Yeah, I mean, at least we can all agree on like the Jersey Shore is really amazing and nothing like what people think it is. Right. <laughs> it, I, I, it is dawning on me that actually <laughs> I don't think Matt Rule ever would have approached me except that I was with Colleen. I, it, it, it's only at this that's moment not true. Oh, no. I'm starting to realize no, no. that that's so probably true. true. He's so good. It's not true. It's not true. Great guy. He, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's still it, cool. It matters a little bit. He was but still it's, a nice guy. I, he was, still was very nice. I'm disappointed that Tyrod is gone because – when it, it was halftime, right when he got hurt, when we found out that he was going to leave, they were giving the Browns everything they could handle. At that point in the season, they were as good as any team in the NFL through six quarters. Even even after that, like they've been really respectable on defense. I think their offensive coordinator, who they kept 
from the previous regime, Tim Kelly. Did you say any good as any team in the NFL through six quarters? That's crazy. <laughs> okay. You have to say they were they, as much they, as they played very well. I they get absolutely it. Right. blew out the team they played in week one, yes. and they were playing – they were playing the Browns even, just, maybe even better. I had to channel the spirit okay. of Wes because okay. Wes would have said That's something fair. There, to you there. Well, I had to say. And Ty, Ty Rudd, and yet I think I, they can't make this number big enough for the Panthers not to go over it. I think yeah. they're going to destroy Davis Mills. I thought Davis Mills had a touchdown drive last week but was a bit of a mess, was miscommunications, throws behind players, didn't look ready for it. I, I'm embarrassed how much – preseason I watched the Davis Mills he's gonna have like a couple like Mettenberger or Mike Glennon type throws in there but he's not ready for <laughs> this like he is not ready and they're going up against a pretty well-run offense too with Sam Darnold hitting those first reads that they figured out the protection there like I I think you're gonna get a dud I think Davis Mills is gonna go up I think flames. Colleen's gonna be sitting with Sam Darnold if things go right for the Panthers now you, he's that would a, be the favorite. you gotta get McCaffrey or Robbie and someone with a little personality oh yeah well, I mean you know what? With, Sorry, Darnold. With Sam Darnold, it's kind of crazy when you think about the Saints struggled more with Darnold than they did against Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's just been kind of a weird first two weeks of the season. Could you, if Darnold is on the podium, could you call him S-Darn? S-Darn. S-Darn. Um, I could put that in the list for maybe's. Right. Okay, uh, that's like potentials. That's, that's not happening. S-Darn. All right, we tried. It's very it doesn't that flow that great. Travel, that's Sessler's <laughs> nickname. So take it, take it. It doesn't flow that great is my the creation that I came up with. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, uh, no, oh, no. Connie, I'm sorry. Uh, I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> it's too late. Let's fix that in post. It's out. It's out. Hey, got any Tito's behind you there, by the way? I'm sure any. I do. All right. Yeah, uh, well, maybe, I, Joni, maybe it's gone from last night. Tell Joni <laughs> when I came over with Sessler for our little Once Upon a Time in Hollywood viewing party uh, where things got wild over the summer. He didn't have the Tito's. And when the no, but he did have Mezcal, in, I heard. He did. And that was a nice tie. It's, it's fair to say that not everyone viewed the same amount of that movie uh, that evening. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Connie, safe journey. Uh, enjoy the game, and uh, we're proud of you. What a journey you've had. Well, what a career you've built. But it's, it's all over, guys. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> Listen, I promise, though, now I am going to work in S-Darn just to make good on this. So right. it's going to happen at some point in the pregame show. S-Darn is happening. Drop. You have to name drop my name as well. So there's just add okay. that to the list of priorities. My God, there's so many things. And, okay, and one I got thing. it all. Uh, you remember uh, Informer by the artist Snow? Yes. All right. The name, of, the name of his album was 12 Inches of Snow. So if you want to throw that on the list as well. Great. All right. I wrote that one down, too, gang. All right. There she goes. <laughs> Goodbye. All right. What a joy. I mean, she just brings the sunshine to the program. Absolutely. I agree with you. Uh, program, night, program note before we sign off. Uh, the Around the NFL broadcast, which is flying two hours every Friday on NFL Network, or hey. Saturday, I should say, excuse me. Um, you could watch it digitally on .com on Fridays, but it is on the network on Saturdays uh, is now also on Sky Sports. So if, if you are an international uh, listener slash viewer, check out your local listings. And we are on Sky Sports now, and we were getting a lot of feedback on social. People That's Saturday excited. afternoon as well. Yeah, so make sure you check that out. And, yeah, the uh, we'll be back Thursday with our Week 3 preview podcast, and um, we'll recap, or Greg will recap, Thursday Night Football, uh, the, the game we just previewed, and then, of course, Friday uh, Saturday, the television show. Sunday, we're back with the flagship program. But that's down the line. One step at a time, Mark. The, I am the with cars, you. I only got to get in that thing before 
it stalls out on you. You can't leave a car running for too long. I've done that before. No, I did a bad job with that. I thought that we would, you know, for the first time in two years, actually start on time, and uh, I miscalculated. All right. Do you want to grab lunch with me in the commissary? Just I have, I have places to be. I have places to be very soon after we wrap here. I'm sure you do. All right. Until Thursday. Heed the call. Stan Hansis tailgating is back, and this football season, do it right. Pack up your coolers, grills, and widescreen TV and load them into a Ram. The truck brand redefining what a truck can be. Ram leads the pack in interior design, technology, and overall quality. In fact, J.D. Power just ranked Ram as the number one brand in new vehicle quality in the entire automotive industry. Learn more about what Ram has to offer at ramtrucks.com for 2021 J.D. Power Award info. Visit jdpower.com slash awards.